Our guest is Anna Maria Testani, Senior Vice President at National Bank Investments. This is the Insight is Capital podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the individual guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of AdvisorAnalyst.com or of our guests. This broadcast is meant to be for informational purposes only. Nothing discussed in this broadcast is intended to be considered as advice. How else are you going to course correct? How else are you going to learn? You know, in, in a way, like if you don't, if you don't, you, when you ask, when you go through this process, you might not like what you hear. You might not like the answers that you get. Nope. If people are, are, you know, feel free enough to be, uh, you know, to be that honest. But, but when you get that kind of feedback from, from somebody that does matter to you, whether it's your family or your clients, um, you have the opportunity to, to do something about it, especially if wait, it's something. Wait a minute, just to be clear, it's your choice yeah. to accept. Yeah. I may not necessarily have to agree with what you've just given me back as feedback. I can choose yeah. to say, you know what? I do not like what Pierre says. And okay, but you take also the risk of losing Pierre, right? Because if I don't fulfill yeah. your services, or at the same token, you can sit back and say, okay, well, I'm not really wrong. And neither is he. But there's something between us when we talk that I think I'm saying A, but he walks away with B. Right. I think we need to stop with the I'm wrong or a big mistake or I'm not perfect. I, I just said to say to people, it's like, okay, interesting. I, I, I didn't see it that way. All right. Maybe I, I got to evolve my vocabulary. So it's not that I was wrong. And, and because we don't, you know, it's, it's, it's like mistakes, right? I think with Simon Sinek, we had, like the other day, he says, you know, we tend to use the word failure like cancer. Not all cancers are bad. You can have a cancer you can survive from, or you can have a cancer that's really terminal. But we use the same word to define both situations. We use mistakes and failures in our business model the same way. We're afraid of making a mistake. But how do you plan on, how do you plan on ever learning? Right. You know, I don't, I don't like to be told when I'm yeah. not doing something well. Well, how are you going to know <laughs> given the opportunity to do it better? So again, we shouldn't necessarily, we should just be able to reframe it in our mind to say, you know what? I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to get better. I think I can do this well, but how do I know if I do it well? Like that's the other thing I love people saying, the owner of my clients love me. Perfect. How do you know? Yeah. What's the KPI? And then I go, oh, they don't leave. You mean they don't leave now? But if they weren't around, would that money still stay with you? Oh, the kids love me. How do you know? Have you had yeah. conversations? So, so again, you know, active listening is about staying focused, getting to the bottom of these generic statements, these like, like these comments, avoiding labels, being aware of your own biases when you're listening to people. Are you inadvertently putting people into boxes? And then, you know, how do you properly and eloquently define your value beyond a risk and return? And this is why I don't understand where people are complaining about pricing. It's because they don't understand the amount of, of legwork and work that is required before every meeting. No, they can't. And, if, and, and, you know, there's also, there's also this attitude that, that it's a glamorous business. And, so long you know, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks out there who think that, that, you know, being an advisor is a cushy job and, or a cushy profession. And, and it's anything but that it's, it's, 
you know, my recollection was that, you know, it, it was, it was the most challenging environment or challenging business to be in. It was not only was it stressful because of the nature of it mm -hmm. and, and the risk of it, but it was also emotionally taxing. Uh, that was another thing that you, you know, you, people who leave the industry, they realize how relieved they are to be sort of unloaded from carrying all the client relationships. It's very taxing to, to know and relate to 150, 200 families um, you on your practice. You have the responsibility of the financial welfare of your clients. It's no off button for that. When you're in it, you get, you're used, to, you get accustomed to, as you grow as a, as a business, uh -huh. you get accustomed, you get used to the temperature, just like the boiling frog. Yep. And, and you, you, you know, you don't realize it. I, I certainly didn't realize it until I, I had sold my, my book of business and, and, and moved on. I was still thinking about my clients. I was still thinking about their lives and their, and their investments. That's another part of the business that's extremely challenging at, at the same time as it's, as it's this, this burden, it's also very gratifying. Kind of love our business though. I got to tell you, I'm in love. I have to agree. It's, <laughs> there's nothing like it. There's really, truly nothing like it. It's, it's, um, you know, I, I had the, uh, you know, you, you, it's a, it's a business where it doesn't matter how much time you spend around it. Um, you realize that, you know, the more mature you get in the business, you realize how little, you know, I think the same goes to what we're talking about today, which is that, which is that if you're wondering, if you, if you're really wondering or thinking that, that, that a robo advisor is your competition and you really do need to reassess your value, you really do need to find out what it is, because if you think that's your threat, you're really underestimating or, or you're unaware of what makes you truly valuable. And For sure. And just by, you know, you know, reconstructing your approach, you can actually make that, make that distinction impossible where, where your clients, I mean, will look at you and say, uh, I don't know why I was ever thinking that, that doing it cheaper was more important than doing it with John or with Jane. Um, Many companies have failed because they, they inadvertently put the wrong reason why clients wanted to do business with them at the forefront. You know, blockbusters. Yeah. You know, Kodak. <laughs> yeah. Our business model is no different. You know, you know, I don't think we have firm grasp to your point of, of what is really important to the client. So for those that have only defined their business model as a cost versus return approach, then you may be at risk from a robo-advisor. But if that's look yeah. what the model you want to build and you want to annuitize and get that value for it, then to your point, just make sure in the eyes of your client, that's not what they're comparing you to. Um, so, so, so again, I think, the, I think the economy has taught us a lot of, a lot of valuable lessons. If you can define your difference well, you can definitely guard a market share. Um, you know, robo advisors have their place in our, in our business. They do have their place. I don't think it's necessarily in the advice channel, although that, you know, they're creeping there, but remember as they creep into advice. The fundamental economics of pricing goes up. So it's, it, it's again, you know, I often say to people, 
what is it you're afraid of specifically? Get that true understanding. Maybe your business model, maybe in your firm, you haven't digitalized and you haven't put a lot of tools in place. Well, that's a different story. That's not about advice. That's about table stakes. Today, we want to do more and more things digitally. And for you, you have to invest in these things. Um, But fundamentally, the question is why you? That never has to do with technology, never has to do with pricing, never has to do with returns. Why you is, 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 is the core of the game. Why people want to do business with you? If, if, if you are not, if you're not sure what that answer is collectively in your book, you need to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Uh, to your point about, about robo, um, robo advisors and fintech, um, the, the upside, the real upside of those is that they have brought an entire new cohort of investors into the market Absolutely. who might not have otherwise have come into the market. Absolutely. Um, and then, and then maybe the evolution of that is that over time, that same cohort starts to realize, wait a minute, there's so much more to this than just trading. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who can I talk to? Is there somebody out there that I can talk to that can take me to the next level that can, that can introduce me to, you know, more concepts of, of how to grow and protect and, and save taxes, you know, that, that I think is the upside of, of the. uh, Which makes sense. As we get older, we have more requirements. And I often say to people, you know, when we look at this very kind of sort of heavy advice model, does it need to apply to my 15 year old? Probably not. So, so there is a fundamental reasoning for everyone has their place in, in, in this economy. Uh, I do feel that, you know, some of our advisors, those that haven't evolved uh, and we're just kind of sort of coasting, well, no, that, that does have to get disrupted, right? Because we're only as good as our neighbor that does the job the same as we do. So we have to kind of, the bar has to go up for everyone in, in uh, delivers advice. But not everyone needs the complexity of advice that what you and I are talking about. So there's room for more, you know, even advice has the tiered system. But wait, right. you know, you, so I do believe absolutely. By the way, when robo advisors bring in, it forces some of our firms to spend the digital in order to keep up. So there's good for both sides. Uh, you know, especially for us as a bank, we have different channels. There's a reason why we have multiple channels to service clients. Not everyone has that same requirement. So we create business models to cater to different parts of the economy in Canada. Is one better than the other? Absolutely not. I think just everyone caters to that profile that we try not to say one advisor is for everybody. No, everyone is different and we try to make the business models work. Uh, what I try to say is just make sure they don't look so close because if they look so close, they become one. Then you don't need advice. And, and yeah. you know, look at Costco. You pay a membership fee to go to Costco. Yeah. What membership fees are gone. But, but yet Costco made it into a business model because their value is great. They will, you know, they'll, like they'll tell you, we guarantee you quality versus price versus service. So whatever we are putting on our shelf, it went through a rigorous process. It's, the, it's very good quality, reputable. You can return anytime, anyhow, and get your money back. We don't chop. When you sit there going, hmm, that $100 that I spent is saving me thousands of dollars of chasing down. So that's how they define their felony. 
Last time I checked, millions of people are going to Costco and it's growing. Oh, yeah. So, so, so I think there's an opportunity to your point. Those that do it well will win the race. And, you know, we're hoping to be able to service uh, all these growing needs in the market uh, and find our place in them. Advice is going to stick around. I think the Canadians, Canadians in general, want advice. Need advice for the complexity of where their life is at. And, you know, I'd love to see where we are five years from that. It's going to be a, a, even more valuable than, than we realize, than we may realize. It's going to be even more distinct and, and more valuable. The market, like the market, the, the market is so complex and, and, you know, the regime that we're in is very complicated in terms of interest rates being at all time lows and stock markets being at all time highs. Um, people need more help than ever and they need to be able to, they need to be able to discuss it with somebody who understands it. Let's let's change gears for a minute because I, I wanted to also get your perspective on ESG as well. I know you, you touched on it. What's your take on ESG? Uh, I think ESG is is a very vague topic. So I would say to you, it's not a fad. It's not uh, marketing. It, it actually stands. And often say, but it's you know, it's environmental, it's social, it's governance. You actually know what those words mean, and and what you're seeing though, and what I really find amazing is regulatory like regulators many and multiple regulators are embedding these sustainable rules that have been established in the world into all their practices whatever the industry may be that's when you start saying okay you know what we are changing the game and what we're doing is uh you know we think sustainable investing is an example I mean, people think it's like ethical investing i'm like no, they're, 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 they're a little bit different, right? Sustainable is it can sustain through time. Ethics is about, I don't want to do a business that goes against my value system that guts, as an example, or drops, whatever the case is. You bring an ethics to it. Um, what you're seeing now is the audience and client is starting to say, we don't want profits at all costs. Why? Because it's ruining the environment. We're having all of these changes. Uh, we're seeing inequities in, in society. Uh, we're seeing the governance not being put in place. Well, you know what? We're, 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 we're powerful. We get to change that. So that's right. what's nice about it, right? Like now you're starting to see that it, it went from something that was just a fad to it's embedded in the business model. Now we have to spend millions to make sure that people understand what is it they, they want. What does it look like? What are the give and takes that you want to get? You know, um, you know, we, what, what is the transparency that you're looking for in the governance, in ESG, in, in the products in which you're buying? I love the fact that, you know, the fact that we're imposing transparency, uh, uh, we'll call all these firms, all these firms that, you know, want to do business and are getting, let's say, government money to do their stuff. Well, you, you know, you need to show your transparency on what your ESG footprint is, what your sort of governance is. Are you transparent? The social economics of your own business model. Like what's the president earning? What multiple is he earning versus the multiples of an average salary? We were never having these conversations five years ago. It was on a wish list of how we should we behave. And, and now we're adding other kind of sort of ESG elements to it, right? Like our conversations have grown. Like it's no yeah. longer just about return at all costs. Now there's a lot of questions on sustainability. And, you know, and you and I know this 
like there's like 17 elements of sustainability. I don't beat myself too much on where we were. I kind of look back and go, I just don't want to go back to that. And, and what I tell people though is what will be required of you in the next five years? You have a firm handle on what your clients in their mind, they may have not per- properly said it, but are you aware of what is it important to them? that you're going to nail a whole run every time for the next five years. You know what that is. Because if you know what that is, good on you. You've got your strategy for the next five years. How, again, we're, like we're back to that, have that difficult conversation. Now it's becoming mainstream because it's being embedded into the regulation. And I find end clients are, are, are asking of it. I'm not necessarily sure they understand, but I think the, the advisor and the firms that work really hard on the educational component of this could probably have a leg up, but we're at the infancy stage. I think we are barely starting the journey on what I think is a good 20 years of education. More to come, definitely more to come on this. Yeah, it's, it's um, I mean, it's a very contentious area uh-huh. at, at, um, at best. I, 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 was, I, I was in the camp of skeptical about it maybe a year ago. Okay. And, and so in the course of the year, I, I've, I have to admit, I've become, uh, I've, I've become more knowledgeable about it. And therefore, I think in the course of becoming more knowledgeable, I've, I've understood it better. And, and some of it definitely makes a great deal of sense. Um, and, but I think it's, it's misconstrued. I just think that, I think there's, there's, there's too much labeling going on and, and it's it, being it, right? There, yeah. Well, um, we lived it with the fat-free this and the, you know, sugarless this. It, it's it's normal, right? When 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 something yeah. is sensitive and it and it elicits such a high level of emotion, we can't put like even just saying ESG is putting a label to it. What does it really mean? What does it support? What is it not? Um, I think to your point, um, it's a slippery slope between using it as a marketing tool. Versus u- utilizing it for the good that it can help our society as a whole. Where, where yeah. do you balance it out? It's like, it's like your exercise earlier that you, that you mentioned uh-huh. where you ask everybody the same questions and provide the same instructions, but the outcomes for everybody is different. And, and uh, that's because it's so vast, uh, because ESG is such a vast topic, uh-huh. um, there isn't a standard view of it. We've asked, and, we've asked, yeah. what would you like us to launch? What would you like the product to look at? And, and I thought it would have been pretty easy to get maybe two or three ideas that were collectively shared across the group. <laughs> um, the what you've just alluded to yours. These are advisors. I'm not even talking end client. I could not get a uniformity yeah. in the advice world, which, you know, it means one thing for you. It means something else for something else. And then I just sat back and I said, okay, what are we mitigating? What is the risk that people want to mitigate? What is the value they want to, to get more of it? And, and as I started investing the time and having these deep conversations, which by the way, is time consuming, it's expensive, it slows the process down. Then I was getting a little bit more cohesion, but again, not there, not there. I think right now people are, are content with the label. And what the label represents, I think to your point, as we move forward and as regulators embrace 
labels that people are using and, and, and having justified using those labels, we're going to start seeing people have a better understanding, maybe even more respect for, for what it could bring to them. You think that, um, I mean, given it's interesting because the statistics, the studies show that, that more than two thirds of retail investors, um, have an interest in, in having ESG in their portfolio or expressing ESG in their portfolio for the sake of the impact that their, that their investments can have in the world. Um, first of all, our advisors, if, if you consider that 16, 17% or maybe 20% of advisors are actively addressing it and given, and so that means 80% of, of advisors are not actively addressing ESG. Is there, is there, uh, I mean, should advisors be paying attention more closely to this in terms of, of being, um, being proactive or being, taking a leadership role on ESG with their clients? Chicken, it's, so I would say chicken and egg, but at the end of the day, it's back to, do you know if it's important in your, in your client's mind? And if it is important in your client's mind, in what fashion are they going to judge you on this topic? So for some people, they might say, you know what, I, I would love to have, you know, uh, I, I want to feel that I'm contributing to the diversity of the industry. So, you know, I'd like to be able to know that the, some of the companies that you're buying into have a high social index. But they, I'm just using an example. You're asking me, shouldn't advisors uh, get in, invested into this topic? The question is, do you know if your clients are already invested into this or not? And if they are invested into this, what is it about it that appeals to them? See, yeah. once we get that answer done, because what's interesting, another element other than the regulators buying, uh, getting really uh, into this as well is statistically also, returns are starting to show that products that have an ESG slant for them, you don't have to forsake return just because you went ESG. Because a lot of these market segments that we're, that we're, you know, are, are starting to get more and more attention to are doing better. So all of a sudden now you can get to the same amount of return as this product A versus product B, but this one has an ESG L, uh, tag to them. They justify the ESG, uh, 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 you know, marketing uh, name to it. Which one would you want? Well, if you know it's going to give you the same return, same price that. I'll, I'll go ESG. So again, but you don't know that unless you have that conversation with your client. Someone so okay. it's a couple of beeps more. Does that bother you? You know what? No, I'm going to do my part to, to, to make it a better world. A couple of beeps. I'm okay with that. You'd be surprised how all of a sudden it's okay. But again, by denying ourselves these deep conversations with our clients, and again, you can't come and, and you can't just ask, are you okay? Like you can't go, do you want ESG? You can't, yeah. you don't get out of jail by asking like these really kind of sort of non-definitive questions. So you have to come prepared. Here, I'd like to sit down with you. Got a couple of topics. Yeah. I want to, sort of pique your interest. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to do it now. No, I understand that, but you probably will in the future. So I just want to know where your mind is at so I can tag you properly in my system when to circle back with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. What would you like to know? So the answer is you do have to get invested. And, but you have to go back to your client. 
don't assume you know what they want. Come prepared with your five or 10 questions that you'd like them to kind of sort of give you a better understanding of what's going on in their head. Yeah, but don't be cute about it. No, be prepared. Like the yep. word is be prepared. Okay. Like if someone asks you, okay, so what are the 17 rules for sustainable event? Like you have to know that. What is the difference between ESG and what does it stand for? And what are the outcomes that we're looking for? You have to come prepared because if you're going to open the can of worms of educating someone, you have to be able to deliver that. And I think that's the part that's hard because to your point, I think earlier in the call, you said there's so many things we have to learn now beyond just, you know, the fun, the stuff, yeah. the whatever. Yeah, there is. It's, a, it's not an easy business. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's just been, uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to chat with you. Anna Maria, where can people find you? Can they find you on, on Twitter and on? So LinkedIn, uh, for sure. I've, LinkedIn, I, I yeah. post quite a bit. On, I do a lot of thought, thought leadership every so often on LinkedIn. And that is right now, for now, it's my, it's my forum of communication. I'm scoping out other alternatives. You can find me at yeah. National Bank Investments as well. Um, we right. have other forums as, uh, that we communicate socially via them. And, uh, you know, more to come. I'm, I'm learning to, to reach out to a greater audience uh, and uh, look forward to having more of these chats with you. Likewise, I, I hope we can continue the conversation. For sure. Thank you so much. Until next time. <laughs>